Stand with me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here once again tonight, Lord, to go through this precious word. And, Lord, I pray that you would just open our eyes to it tonight. Give us a spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it before us, O God. And, Lord, I pray that you give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice. Give us the eyes to see the path and godly wisdom to walk in that path. We thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We can go to the word tonight and... I want to ask you some questions tonight. If you were to make one legal, give me a little volume on this thing, brother. If you were, if you were to make one legal, which would it be? Or let me ask you like God put it to me. Which one is better? Baby killers or homosexuals? Which is better, killing babies or or homosexuality? Which is better, cocaine dealers or prostitutes? Looting businesses or burning them down? Bank robbers or Ponzi schemers? Bonnie and Clyde or Bernie Madoff? Which one's better? Stealing someone's wallet or accepting too much change back at the store? Stealing somebody's wallet or taking too much change back at the store and accepting it? What's better? Which would you make legal? Lying or stealing? Liars or thieves? Which is better, thieves or murderers? What's better? Which one would you legalize if you could? Killing somebody or robbing them blind? What about adultery or idolatry? Which one's better? Brother, give me uh, James 2, 9 through 11. Adultery or idolatry? But if you have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law... I want you to get a good look at this Scripture because it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some serious bearing on where we're going tonight. Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in nine points. Oh, wait, what? Oh, wait a minute. Offend in one point. He is guilty of all. You see that? We're talking about the real Jesus here tonight. Make no mistake. Jesus is very, very clear on everything in this Word. Offend in all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. 
Does that not line up with a little leaven leaven at the lump? All right, let me ask you again. What is better, atheism or Catholicism? What's better, atheism or Catholicism? What's better, Catholicism or Luciferianism? What's better, Satanism or Buddhism? What's better, agnosticism or paganism? Witchcraft or Islam? Which ones would you make legal? Anyone? What? So you wouldn't make none of them legal? So if you had to make one legal, which one would it be? If you had to make one legal, what would it be? Brother? Brother Quick, which one would you make legal? You'd make murder murder legal. Okay. Anybody want to join Brother Quick in hell tonight? Okay. Okay. Now, anybody else before I answer that question right there or that statement? Because, listen, brother, let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to tell you that you have to take that chip. They're going to tell you you have to quit following this Jesus. They're going to tell you you've got to get rid of that Bible. They're going to tell you you've got to do, you've got to do, you've got to do. They're telling you right now in this land what you got to do on November the 2nd or the 3rd. They're telling you exactly what you've got to do right now about how this country's going to go. They're telling you what you've got to do every day of your life. They're telling you you've got to stay home and you can't go to work. They're telling you you've got to do this and you've got to do that. Yeah. And if you don't, you're an outcast. You're un-American. We're going to talk about that too. I'm un-American. We're going to talk about that too. Now, before we go too far in this word tonight, I want to clarify something. I like Donald Trump. You know how I feel about it. I don't hide my feelings. I'm not very good at that, so I don't even try. In my opinion, he might be the best president we've ever had in the history of this country from the beginning of it. I don't know. He's not a godly man. Make no mistake. But, and I am at this point right now, unless God changes that, I plan on voting for the man. I'm not going to concern myself with the outcome of it because the outcome of it ain't going to have nothing to do with me. The outcome of it is going to be, and don't don't look at me like that. Come on. 
Oh, no, I did not. No, not at one time. I've got to... I mean, you, we record everything in here. You No, no, no. No, Brother brother Edward said he wasn't voting. But that And that ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. Now, I didn't say not to vote, but let me tell you something. Let, okay, okay, but let me tell you something. I just want you to know where, where I stand at this point, but I'm going to show you what God has been talking to me about. And it ain't hearsay, it's a hearsay, it's a fact. I'm going to show you in the Word of God tonight some things that you may not be considering in your life. Now, I will tell you this. If I vote this year, which, of course, is my business, and your voting is your business, uh, because as long as something doesn't affect this church, that's your business. Now, if it's something that affects this church, then it becomes my business. And that's when I'm going to stand up and shout and jump and scream and holler and everything else. Always with the Word of God, of course. But if it don't affect this church, then I'm not concerned with it. But my job as your pastor is to hear the Word at His mouth and to give you that Word so that you clearly understand it. And I want to bring some things to, to your attention tonight that God brought to my attention. And I want to bring some things to your attention. And I want you to listen carefully tonight, if you will. Now, don't shoot me. And don't, don't string me up until you hear me out and hear the Word of God behind it, okay? Because it's some of the things I say tonight, you may be like, <gasps> well, you know, no, I want you to hear it out. And I want you to hear the Word behind it. And I want you to hear it as God put it to me. Because God, when He talks to me, you know, first of all, He's not always there to just tell me, way to go out of way, man, you're a great guy. And I've never heard that ever. I'll just tell you, the God I serve has never told me that one time. Not one time has God said, hey, you're great, man. You're doing good. You're not. I've never heard the God I serve say that to me. Even when I was performing miracles and, and, and by the droves and things like that in His name, I've never heard Him come to me and say that. Never. Not ever had Him come to me and say anything like that. But I have had Him come to me and say, well, let me just, let me just uh, what about this over here? And, uh, and what about this over here? And how about this over here? And what about that right there? And, and you're going to see what I'm talking about tonight. Everybody ready? Okay, now, so, if, if a voter votes for Trump, some of those voters are voting because they like Trump, but there are people going to be voting for Trump this time simply because they hate what the other side's doing or they hate the other guy. Because he's a nut. And he don't even know he's a nut because he can't remember he's a nut. So, and, you know, he he meets new people every day, <laughs> including his wife and everybody knows. But there are people that might have voted for him, but because he is a nut, they're going to vote for Trump. Not because they like Trump. They may hate Trump. But they hate him less than they hate their other side because... He's the lesser of two evils. If I vote for Trump, I'm going to be voting for Trump because he's the lesser of two evils. You need to get a clear understanding of something tonight. He is not a godly man. Now, I'm going to tell you, he, one thing I'll say about Trump is he does what he says he's going to do. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it to the best of his ability. I give the man that. He's made some great changes in the land that needed to be made a long time ago. But he is not... Let me tell you something. Jesus wouldn't vote for him. Jesus would not vote for him. 
Do you believe that? No, he would not vote for Donald Trump. Jesus would not vote for... Matter of fact, none of God's people ever voted for Caesar or Pharaohs or any of those people. They never voted ever for any of that kind of stuff. And they wouldn't have, because if they had, they would have been cast out. They They wouldn't have been people of God. You understand? Okay, so let's take a look. Give me 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 17, brother. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Okay, so let me ask you about this. Would that not mean not to yoke ourselves up with worldly people that are doing making ungodly choices and and doing things from an ungodly standpoint, would that not mean that? Would it? Would it not mean that? Okay, so we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Do you think true believers in God... I'm not talking about people that call themselves I mean real believers in the real God. Do you think they're they're yoking themselves up with the stuff going on out there in this world? No, they're not. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? If somebody is not of Christ, are they not of Belial? Belial is Satan. There's only two, folks. To not serve Christ is to serve the devil. Is that not right? It is correct by default. There's only two. There's not any middle ground. There is no time or no time. At no point is somebody not a servant to righteousness or sin. This is what the Lord was showing me. He didn't do it in a mean, hateful way. He was showing me. He said, "Let me, let me just drop it. Let me just drop a thought in your mind. Let me show you what. Let me tell you what my word means here. Let's take a look at this from the Word of God. Let's take a look at this from the, from my word standpoint." So he said, "Look, if, if, if what concord hath." Hath my people with Satan, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What part do we have walking the same path as somebody that is a non-believer, somebody that is a Satan follower? We are not to be even in the same path with these people. But yet we're marching to the same drum they're marching to. Okay, let's look. And what agreement hath the... Temple of God with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They shall be my people. Okay? Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. 
Is there any clean thing about politics in America? Is there any clean thing about it? Is there any candidate on earth that is a clean candidate before God? None. Does it say to just touch a little bit? It says, come out from among them. Who's the them? Is that Jeffrey Dahmer? Is that, is that some of these crazy maniac serial killers? Or No. Or is it, is it everybody that is not this? God's people were required to separate themselves from everyone that was ungodly. To come out from them and be separated and to touch not anything they're touching. As we go through tonight, you're going to see some, you're going to see a little closer. There's a lot of scripture tonight. Just bear with me. We're going to cover some ground, a little bit of ground. We try to cover it pretty fast. I don't think it'll take too awful long. But bear with me. Okay, now. We have to, and, and you really need to get a hold of this tonight. Church, you've got to quit thinking with that old stinking thinking. You've got to quit thinking like you've always thought. Because you cannot have a carnal mind in this spiritual walk. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever get rid of is the carnal way of thinking. Give me the next scripture, brother. Here's how Jesus sees things. Here's how Jesus says. He said, you're not to commit adultery. Is that right? He said, but I say unto you, because here's how Jesus sees it. See, it's not just the actual doing of the thing. He said, listen, if you even think about it, you've already done it. That's a serious enough offense to put you in hell. If not even doing it physically will put you in hell, you need to understand how God sees things. God sees things much differently than we do. And He said, whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, already he hath committed adultery with her already in his heart and your mind. You've already had your affair with that person in your mind. I said all that to say this. You need to understand the line with God is much narrower than yours is. You're not seeing it like God's looking at it. You need to look at I, I, I put this up here tonight to show you how clearly and crystal clear God is in His Word and what He means by what He says. This is how God sees it. He ain't worried about you shacking up with a woman. If you even thought about it, you are guilty of it, and that will put you in hell. That's how serious what we do is with God. It's much more serious than we've taken it to be. Next. If there come any unto you 
And bring not this doctrine. Receive him not into your house. Neither bid him Godspeed. Okay. Now here's where we're talking about politics and voting. Right here. Did Donald Trump come and bring doctrine into my house? Did he bring this doctrine to me? Is he bringing this doctrine? Because this is how God sees it. It doesn't matter how you see it. It doesn't matter how I see it. This is how God's looking at it. We look at it from a carnal standpoint. We look at it from an earthly way. We look at things in an earthly way. We look at the lesser of two evils and we look and say, Well, dear God, He's done better for the country. Yes, He has. But here's the, here's the deal. It's no different than somebody else going off in a different way. It's still not godly. And if we partake of those things that are not godly, it's a little leaven, but it leaveneth the lump. Just like looking at a woman, instead of having the affair with the woman, we're still just as guilty. And he said, if there come any unto you, they didn't have television then, but I can assure you if they did, it would be the same as this. And bring not this doctrine, receive him not, into your house. Do people not come in and out of our house every single day by the airwaves and by the television? Do you believe God would consider that as coming into your house? If you bring in pornography on that TV into your house or your computer, has it not entered into your home? Has it not entered into everybody in that home that's looking at it? Are you not receiving it into your house? Now here's another deal. This is what God called me on the carpet about. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. God was talking to me about this. Because I need to know these things. I want to be all I can be with God. I want to be ready for Him. I don't want no leaven in my lump. I don't want to do something that's going to cause me to miss out. And here's the deal. The longer we're in this thing, the more of this kind of stuff God expects. I mean, it's required. God, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me tonight. I'm not here to blow you up or to, or to light you up or to get all mad and angry and all that. I'm not going to be mad and angry if you vote on, uh, on Election Day. But I will tell you this much, even if I do vote this time, it'll be the last time I ever vote in this, in this life. Okay? Right? No, 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 it's not just focusing on the Trump thing. No, I want to focus on everything. I'm not having fellowship with those people, nor bidding them Godspeed. Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar and unto God what that which is God's. That's their money. That's their monetary system. Okay, and that's what they require. But that food was grown in ground my God owns. Okay, and even in that time, the Lord paid 
money to, to receive things and all those sort of things. But he did not fellowship with those people. He didn't, he didn't hobnob with them and go to dinner with them, and he did not do anything to encourage what they were doing. He may have bought from them and paid them for that service, thereby he owed them nothing for it. He was not obligated to them because he took his money and bought services from them. And, uh, and if they had things that they would sell, they would sell to those people too, but they would not give them favor from it. They would receive money for it and they would give them a service for it. So it kept it separate from that. But as he said a while ago, when Jesus came... He called all those people out of everything they were doing because they were going to be ministers for Him, okay? And in my situation, uh, I am a minister for Him. And so, uh, you know, I have to be very careful what I do as well. And here, here, is, how, uh, here is how the Word of God shows it to me. As I just said, I don't do anything to obligate myself to anyone in this world, period, for anything. If you'll notice, I've never asked any of you for anything. Not ever. I don't, never, I don't think I've ever asked you for anything. Have I? I've never asked you for anything. I've never asked you to help me do something that I know of. Matter of fact, that's one of the things I'm known for. I don't ask people to help me do anything. I believe, according to the Word of God that I read, that the less contact we have with everybody outside of this walk, the better off we are. Now, if God brings somebody into our path, first of all, you're going to know it. Pretty much every time, you're going to know it. And you sow your seed... But don't go in where they're at to find them. Let God bring them to you. Now you go, and just as the Lord said in another message that I preached, and you've seen it clearly in the Bible, if you go into a city, search out who there is what worthy. What does that mean? See? Now, I I go and, and, and do work for customers, but... I don't cast my pearls before swine. I don't preach to everybody I come in contact with. Matter of fact, most people I preach to, they know there's something different about me because I don't cuss, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do anything, I don't, and I don't carouse with them, I don't sit there and hobnob with them. And if they're cussing, I just walk away from it. I don't stand around. And they know they never hear that kind of stuff out of me. But I don't go tell them I'm a pastor, a preacher. Matter of fact, the first time I'd done work for a guy at Walden uh, Country Club and on a couple of them country clubs, uh, I told you all about it here a couple years ago. When I never told the guy that I was a preacher. And here's this new wave guy that's, you know, looks like a, I don't know what, you know. But anyway, talking about how, oh, yeah, you know, hey, I'm a preacher, man. I preach word and this and that and the other. And uh, I'm a preacher uh, like, uh, yeah, did you did you know I'm a, I'm a preacher, man? I preach, you know, and I preach on this this and this and I do this and that. And that. He said, you know, uh, 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 like, uh, like Mr. Hoffman here. And he said... Uh, he said, did, uh, did, did you know that? And he said, uh, no, I didn't know that. He said, he looked at me and he said, he never played that card. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Well, and you know, like I said, Sister Quick, you know, it's 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 very difficult in the world we live in today to find that perfect place to draw the line. But I can tell you, what I'm talking about tonight is past that line. What I'm talking about tonight is going and involving ourselves in this politics of this world today is beyond the line. It's past the line. And I know it is, and you know it is as well. With unbelievers. Okay, all right, but see, okay, what is the yoke? What is the yoke? What is yoke? That's right. Okay. So, <laughs> well, no, you're not, you're not pulling the same way they're pulling. I mean, if you're, if you're doing a job you're hired to do, okay, no, you should not go into business with somebody that is, yeah, because then you're yoked together with them and you're pulling in the same direction, and you, and, but you're not pulling in the same direction. Your boundaries is God and their boundaries is none. And so you're, if you're in business with somebody that's ungodly, that's a problem. I do some work for Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Yep. No. No, you don't, because you're doing it for a price. It's no different than... Yeah, it's no different than, than uh, uh, somebody... Uh, in, in the time that Jesus was a carpenter, you know, or his father, you know, and, and, and they were working on something. Well, they didn't say, well, I can't sell this to you because you're so-and-so, so-and-so. I made a piece, of, I made a piece and here it is. And, and another thing, it's just like the Amish. Now, the Amish are a very separated people. And they have mastered separation from society. <laughs> you can look to them and see a lot of the things we should be doing. But we're a little further out and we're a little too far because, you know, we're not, well, all that craziness. But what they're doing is more lined up with this than we are. But they sell it to other people and they do allow some of the things that, that uh, you know, but they don't, they still make their own nails and they still do all that kind of stuff. But, uh, and they charge a steep price for their stuff because it's handmade stuff. You see what I mean? But they ain't worried about who buys it. See what I mean? It's like it's like paying your tithes. When you pay your tithes, if you're you, you should try to pay your tithes and your offerings to a godly man that you know, you know, church you know that's just doing godly things. But at the same hand, if by chance that person does something crazy with it, well, that's not on you. And like the Lord said, if you warn somebody or if you do the right thing and you're warning others to do the right thing, whether or not they do it, that's not your business. See, Paul said, talking about the people of God, he said, I'm not telling you, he said, I'm not telling you uh, 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 not, to, uh, not to associate with the entire world. He said, because then you'd have to leave the world. Okay? But he said, but if a brother, if one that be called a brother, see, is doing these things and have, no, have nothing to do with them, do not eat with them, do not do... See, you don't... So, so... There's a different there's a difference there in how we react to, to the world as far as we don't yoke up with the world. I'm not yoking up with a customer when I'm doing a job for him. I'm selling him a service, and he's blessed because of it because it's a godly man doing the work for him. And a lot of times they receive a blessing for it. 
God causes His sun to rise on the just and the unjust. See what I mean? His rain to fall. But we don't ever allow ourselves to yoke up with them in any of their causes or anything like that. Because when you do, you bid them Godspeed. Why? Because you are of God and you're, you're telling them it's okay. You see what I mean? You're condoning. In God's eyes, you are condoning what they're doing by giving your approval of it. See? Now, if somebody's up there and they're building a, uh, you know, uh, building something that you know is absolutely detrimental to somebody or that they're, they're hoodwinking somebody or they're robbing people or something like that. Now, it could be, it could be said that the Catholic Church, you know, doing something for the Catholic Church, to me it's a building. And, uh, and, you know, I know they're out off the deep end and they have no desire to turn around or anything like that. I'm selling them a service, but you'll never see me do anything it's, that's going to uh, lend myself to anything they're doing whatsoever. You know, I don't, I don't get, I don't talk stuff with them and all that kind of stuff. If the Lord laid it on my heart, I certainly would. But I don't try to cast my pearls before that. I don't try to get in there. As far as they know, they ain't got a clue I even preach. See? Unless they've looked it up and found me. But they've never said anything to me, and if they ever say anything to me, well, I'd be glad to talk it over with them. But I, you know, I just don't do that. I don't bring, I don't bring God before anybody that I know ain't going to receive it. You know what I mean? So, uh, anyway, I hope that helped a little bit. But we're still got a whole way, uh, a long way to go in this, and so I want to just clarify some things with you as we go. And always, always ask questions if you have questions, because that's what we're here for. I want the truth. And I want to know God's will for my life and for this church and the people of God. I want to know what God, what do you want us to do? Because I don't want to make a mistake that could cost me or somebody else their soul. I don't want to get there and have you say, well, you missed it by that much. No, I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And if I'm doing something, then I pray that all the time. Lord, if I'm doing something that I don't need to be doing, God, please show it to me that I can turn from it. God, and if I'm not doing something I need to be doing, God, please show it to me so I can pick it up and start doing it. Show me how to please you. You know, that's my prayer. Amen. So, we don't want to bid somebody Godspeed, and we don't want to bring people into our house that are detrimental to us. Okay, now, let's go further. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house. Now, <laughs> okay. Now, like I said before, bless you. Don't start throwing rocks at me. I don't know America nothing. I don't know America nothing. Because America ain't got the first thing to do with me being here. America ain't got the first thing to do with me being on this earth, and it ain't got the first thing to do with me being in America, in this land. It ain't got... America is dirt. America is land. That's what America is. I owe nothing to America. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. 
For every house is builded by some man, but he that builded all things is God. I owe God. I don't owe America nothing. God's the one put me on this land right here. God's the one that formed me in the womb, in the womb. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. There are people that have fought and died for this land. What they fought and died for was not the land. What they fought and died for was the principles that this land was founded upon, and that was the doctrine of God. It was This land used to be standing for the Word of God, because that's what it was founded on, the principles of that book. That's where most of our sayings in this country came from, was that Bible right there. Most people have no idea, because they don't know what's in that Bible. But... Now, so every house is built. So what's, 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 what's worthy? What's the worthy thing of our praise? Is the land that we are on worthy of our praise? Or is the God that created it and put us here worthy of our praise? You tell me. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. God is the only one worthy of our praise. My praise is to no man. Now, the people that fought and died for this land, let me tell you something. I'm thankful that they, that they were willing to go and give their life. I was as well. I registered for the draft. They never drafted me, but I registered for it. And I would have gone gladly and, and fought. And I, I tell you what, I wish, looking back, that they would have drafted me because I should have been in the military. It would have helped me a whole lot. I think military ought to be mandatory for young men. I think it ought to be mandatory because I believe it teach a whole lot of these young kids <laughs> some, some real values and some, some, uh, some discipline. So... These guys that fought and died, well, praise God, you know what they did? They did their reasonable service. They were in a land, and the land was in a battle, and they fought for the, they fought for that land. You know what they fought for? They fought for for what the flag stood for. They weren't fighting for a piece of property. What they were fighting for was the belief system behind this nation, and it's represented in, it's represented in the flag that we fly, and that was representative of old glory, Amen. And that flag waving, that called that old glory, praise God. They got that from women's hair. They got that from the waving of long hair, praise God. They got that from that's where old glory came from, the waving, praise God. A woman's hairs are glory, Amen. And that came from old glory, the way it waved. You look and see where a lot of the things came from in our in our society today come from the Bible. That flag used to mean something. Now they're burning it in the street. In this country. But now, now look what that flag represents. You tell me, what does that flag represent? It don't represent God anymore. There's a few people in this land that that still believe in God. But the people of this land, let me tell you where they should have been fighting. They should have been fighting right here. They should have been fighting right here. Amen. They should have been fighting when they took the 
commandments off the walls of the school. There should have been a civil war right then. They should have been fighting when they took prayer out of schools. There should have been a civil war right then. Amen. They should have been fighting when they started taking uh, in God we trust out of stuff, when they took stuff, and they're trying to take it out of everything right now. And they should be fighting. That's what should be causing people to burn buildings down. That's what should be causing people to do those things. But they will not do it for that. They will not step out for that. And that's where that flag is gone. That's where it's gone now. Now it no longer represents what it did at one time. Even though I know that President Trump is trying to restore as much of that as he knows how to do, it still does not represent what it once did. And once you sign up with Jesus, like we have, I'm not talking about how everybody else is. You know what I'm talking about. Once we've signed up as deeply and as sincerely as we have, you've got to come out in this mess. You've got to come out in this mess and separate yourselves. I'm going to show you here in a minute more. Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were... whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of pro, uh, as in the pro, uh, provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Amen. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their hearts and they have not known my way. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Church, I don't want to do anything that's going to cause me to miss out with God. I don't want to teach anything that's going to cause somebody to miss out with God. I'm after the truth, man. I don't care what it is. I'm after the truth. I want to get closer to God. I don't want to stay the same. I want God to change me. By, and how is He going to change me? He's going to change me by showing me what the Word of God says about what I need to be doing. And I'm going to make those changes accordingly. That's why I always say, please pray for me, because I always need your prayers. I'm seeking God's will. One thing you will never find me doing is seeking my will. I don't care what God tells me to do. I want to do it. Most everything he's ever told me to do hurt. When it was any significance, it hurt. But I can tell you this much. The other side of it was always better than where I was before. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. We have to be careful because it does not take but a split second to depart from the living God. In just a moment of time, you can depart. It takes nothing at all to, to, to step out of this path. We have to be very, very careful. And it's from unbelief. What does unbelief mean? Does that mean you don't believe the Word of God? or What does that mean? We talk a lot in this church about people saying, well, I don't believe you have to do all that. 
But how many times have you said that very thing yourself? Just like we talk a lot about the Israelites, how many times have you walked the same steps they have? There's no new thing under the sun, folks. Can you imagine how many great people there were of God through the years that finally came to their price? They finally came to that place where they, they found their price. The devil found their price. And he just paid that price. Just stuck it right out there and tripped them up. See, all the devil's got to do is trip you up at the wrong time. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How many of you ever know sin is deceitful? Do you think the devil comes knocking on your door and says, Hey, how you doing? Just checking out, see how things going on. It's me, Satan. Just thought I'd come check you. No, he don't do that. What's he do? He comes and appeals to your intellect. He comes and appeals to your appetite. He appeals to your thinking. He appeals to what it is you want to do and especially if it's something you're battling with already, then he knows to come in, start working on that, start trying to feed you some justification for what it is you're trying to get done. He starts feeding you some things, and he'll. how many of you know he knows that Bible? Well, of course, he even tried it with Jesus himself. And the, the average Joe would have fell off. He, man, he'd have fell head over heel in that deal. He'd have fell right in the truck. But you know what? Jesus knew the Scripture, and so do you. Praise God. But be careful not to side on the side of that enemy. Because he's going to throw you some Scripture. He'll throw you a bone or two try to give you something to stand on. But you just got to know. You just got to know whether it's rightly divided or not. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Amen. All right. Philippians 2.5. Listen carefully. So here's, here's, the, here's the nut in the nutshell right here. Now, of course, we've got a long way to go, but this is the nut in the nutshell. This is what we have to master, church, right here. Come on, brother. Let this mind be in you. What mind? The mind which was also in Christ Jesus. You see that? So, in other words, in order to, in order to be successful living for God, we have to think like God. We have to think like Him. How can we how can we do that? How can we have the same mind He had? How do we do that? Sister? Speak up a little bit. We have to study the Word. Why do we have to study it? Why can't you just read it and do it? You have to study it and it's not just to show yourself approved. You have to study to get to the understanding of it to be approved. See, that's what makes you approved. It's not the fact that you're studying the Word. You have to study the Word to the extent to where you understand it. In other words, you have to get to the place where you understand what it means and then you can apply it correctly and then you will be received. See? So that's it's not the fact that you're studying. There's a lot of people that study the Word, but they're not approved. These doctors of theology have studied the Word, but they're not approved. Well, they've studied probably more than 90% of every preacher and every pulpit in the world. Because they can answer lots of questions at their face value. But they know no depth of the Word and they have no understanding of it. 
So their study is fruitless and it's worthless and they are not approved, though they're doctors of theology. But we study not to say, oh dear God, I've read that Bible four to seven times. You know, well, psh, well, yippee ki I'm so proud for you. We study it so that we can understand it and then we can apply it correctly. And then because it's correctly applied and you're lined up, and that becomes righteousness, and that right there, righteousness is approved of God. You understand what I mean? So that's the depth of study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You know, doctors of theology, they are workmen, but they need to be ashamed, and they're going to be ashamed because what they because they're not rightly dividing the Word of Truth. You see what I mean? That's the ones who say, well, you don't have to do all that. Yes, you do have to do that. They've got a Word, but it's not rightly divided. Okay? So we let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Remember, not the mind Satan came with, because he came with Bible. But the mind Jesus had, how he saw it and how he looked at it and how the way he thought trumped what Satan said. Why? Because it was rightly divided. What Satan said was absolutely Bible, verbatim. But what God said trumped it, what the Lord said, because you read it out of context, just like all these other churches do. See? So, while they're out there saying you don't have to do that because they're following the doctrine of Satan, Jesus says, yes, you do because of this and this and this and this. And so that's exactly what God came to me with with this message, was saying, I want you to look at some things. I want to show you some things here. I want to show you the Bible perspective of what it is my people are doing and what's going on in this land, and I want you to clearly take a look. I want you to take a close look at what my Word says about this. Well, man, I'm all, I'm all for that. Sometimes it stings a bit. But, uh, but I need your prayers, man, because this is serious business to me. This is a very serious thing. I want to be right. Because I'm standing in that pulpit. And there's a heavy consequence for standing in that pulpit. And I want to be right because... I have all of you here, and I want you to be right. And I want to give the people of God all that they need to make right choices. See, look, I don't ever want you to do something just because I said to do it. It can't be that way. It cannot be that way. God ain't going to come and force us to do something either. I'm not going to force you to live for God or to live a certain way. You have to choose to live that way. But my job as a pastor is to not stray from the Word, but to help you understand that Word as clearly as you possibly can. And then through that understanding... Make an educated, because you've been educated in the Word, educated decision, and make that decision yourself. And if you make that choice, then you're not going to hate on me for it. See? If you make that choice, then you see it clear enough to make that choice, and you're not battling with yourself over it, and you're not, and the devil has nothing to come at you with and battle you. You say, well, he's a nut. That guy's out of his mind. That guy's a, he's a nut. Just, man, you ought to just shoot that guy. Or you just ought to just get up and walk out of here. That guy's out of his mind. That guy's crazy. See, I don't want you to do that. 
When that devil comes at you, I want you to be able to stand up and say, Devil, shut your mouth. That's my pastor. And that man showed me in the Word of God. And I chose to do this. I'm not doing this because... Just like the people that come to you, Are you going to follow that man? How many times have you heard that, Sister Sandra? Well, dear God, you'd rather follow that man, that cult leader, than uh, your own family. Why, will you love that man more than you love your own family? Well, you know, my, my answer would have been, well, absolutely, what's your point? But, but you know what? How many times have you heard that? But you don't love me because I force you to love me. What kind of love is that? Brother Quick, what kind of love would that be if you had to force Sister Quick to love you? Well, that ain't no fun. See why God don't want it that way neither? See all these people that say they love Him but they really don't? Brother Quick, you think if she didn't love you, you'd know it? Sister Quick, you think if He didn't love you, you'd know it? Well, of course she would. How much more then should God know when we do or don't? See? How would you know it? Even if she's saying, I just love you, honey. Oh, you did the greatest thing since life bread. How would you know if she really didn't love you? Wouldn't be by what she said. It'd be by what she did. Right? The greatest thing about a husband and wife relationship is a godly relationship. It's unsolicited love. See? And I want God to know I love Him. Why? Because of all I'm willing to do for Him. My wife knows to be very careful what she says around me. And she also uses that to her advantage sometimes. But I said also she uses that to her advantage sometimes. Because if she really wants something, she ain't going to go buy it. She's just going to kind of say, oh, that's nice. And she knows that's all she's got to say. And then, she, and then when it comes in the next day, she's like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Well, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Well, now, honey, you didn't have to do all that. She goes by saying, oh, sucker. He's an idiot. Yeah. But you know what? See the love in that? I don't buy that because I want her to think highly of me. I buy that because I think highly of her. I love her. She don't want much. And when she does, if there's any possible way, I'm going to get it. I'm not going to send her after it. I'm going to go find it, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to bring it to her. How much more should we do that for God? See? If God just mentions something that He wants. Remember the song? Because she talked about something she wanted and it just had to be found. Remember that song? If you've ever heard that song, you need to hear that song because if you, you'll cry. You'll cry when you hear it. There's very few songs I talk about like that, but I'm going to tell you, it'll touch your heart. But you know? No. Uh-uh. No, it was, a, it was the right tune. Yeah, music's my thing, honey. Yeah. 
Didn't matter how close or how far it was. Love. Okay? That's it. Anyway. Listen here, match car driver. Okay? So, how much more willing should we be at just the very notion that God wants something from us to go and seek out and do those things because He's been so good to us. And not to mention, the, the best is yet to come by a trillion times. We need... Man, this is, this is the garbage pen right here. This is a... Buddy, we're swimming in swell right here. And I've been all over this country, boy. There's some beautiful stuff in this country. Beautiful stuff in this country. But the Bible says, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard the thing, neither hath it entered into the mind of man, the heart of man, the things that are laid up for God's people. Listen, let me tell you something, church. The splendor of God is still ahead of us. The best is yet to come. We need to have the same mind. What does that mean? We need to think like he thinks. Instead of thinking about, well, I didn't I didn't shack up with that woman. She wanted me though. Because you know well, they all want me. Oh, they can't help themselves. I mean, look, you know. My own wife laughing. That's, that's, that's bad. You would think if there's anybody on my side, it'd be her. She did this to me. Okay, I used to be thinner and, and handsome, and you know, she ruined that right out of the gate, buddy. Man, I could have carried that truck up on Mount Everest without even, getting, without even breathing hard. She ruined me. Now I can't even walk across the street without sitting down... <laughs> Sitting down, drinking some water, and looking for some Gatorade, trying to catch my breath. <laughs> I can't even walk out to my truck without falling face first in the back of it, brother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we start looking at ourselves about how good we are because we didn't do such and such, such and such. But if it crossed your mind... Oh, yes, you did. You see? That's the mind of Christ. We have to think like He thinks. So that would cause us to stand a little, little further back away from the edge because we have to be careful not to even allow that kind of stuff to enter into our mind because in God's eyes, He's seeing what we're thinking. I, the Lord, search the heart. Be careful what you let cross your mind when something pops in your eyes because God's looking at what you're thinking. And if you think it, you've already done it. That's what God thinks. See, that's how God sees things. So we have to be, we have to be more diligent about this kind of stuff, right? Okay, come on, brother. As I said before, well, 
What is this one, brother? No, remember I told you to put in, uh, yeah, two, yeah, First Peter two seventeen. Yes, that's what I need. What do we owe honor to? To God. Bible says honor all men. That's not talking about the same honor we honor the king with. We honor men much differently than we honor our king. We honor all men by not dishonoring them, but our honor to the king is absolute commitment and submission to the king. Amen. Okay, come on, brother. Give me that next scripture. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, my allegiance is not to America because I'm not a citizen of this country anymore. My conversation or citizenship is in heaven. Is yours not? Is your not in heaven? Yes, it is in heaven. We cannot serve God and mammon, isn't that correct? These are things we never really closely look at. But they absolutely apply in this situation, do they not? So look at what the Lord said. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? We look at this as always this homosexual scripture because that's what it's talking about. You know, we say, well, oh, oh that's, a, that's homo. That's homoville right there. Oh, yeah, that's homo straight. Well, here we are under that homo avenue. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Leslie Lane. No. Oh, well, I didn't even think about that, man. You're living on a hypocrite lane. Okay. Okay, now. Change the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature, which is the what? Now, listen, the creature is not just talking about man, but it's talking about creation as well. If you look that up in the Greek... It says in their creation, it's not just talking about a man or things that are created by God, but the creation, okay? So, if we're not careful, we find ourselves worshiping and serving the creation itself instead of the Creator. It's not America that put me here. America had nothing to do with forming me in the womb. America had nothing to do... Listen, let me tell you something. It don't matter where I go in my life, I'm going to belong to God. Amen. And it does not matter whether I'm in Ethiopia or whether I'm in uh, 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 Malaysia or whether I'm uh, uh, somewhere else. It does not matter. Praise God, I'm thankful that the Lord saw fit to put me in America because... This has been a good place to be raised, and it's been a good place to to live and all that. The only reason it has been a good place to live is because God's blessing was on this land. That blessing is gone. His blessing on this nation is gone. Why? Why is His, bless, why is his blessing on this land gone? All the nations that forget God. Have you seen this nation being turned into hell? Have you seen God turning them into hell? He turned people's minds. And they shall be turned unto fables. See? Who had not a love of God. Okay, so, my allegiance is not to the flag. Let's, let's look at that. Let's look at that 
let's look at that uh, at the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, look at what the Pledge of Allegiance meant. Recite it. Okay, okay. Now, of what? United States of America. All the okay. The flag of the United States of America, of the states of America coming together and uniting. You pledge allegiance to that flag. Why? Okay, come on. And to the republic for which it stands. Okay? Now, here's what the republic stood for. One nation under God. Okay, there it is. There's what the allegiance was for. The flag was nothing but a piece of cloth that represented this one nation of United States under God. Every state was brought together in unity and put a flag that represented the unity, the unified nation under God. Indivisible. Undividable. Nobody dividing themselves away from God or away from each other or away from the doctrine or away from our belief system. There's a constitution in place. We were of all of those things combined together. And that's what that flag stood for. And that's what we were pledging our allegiance to. Not to worship a piece of cloth. Not to worship stars and stripes but to worship an idea, to worship a principle, to worship the doctrine. Our allegiance was to the doctrine that founded this land. Without God, this is just another rock under the sun, folks. Without God, this means nothing. And all this is going away. All this greatness of America is going away. Because no matter what you do, you're not going to turn this around. Because it's coming to an expected end. What we're hearing now in the church and in the people of God, you're hearing the voice of our King calling us closer to Him trying to get our eyes off everything around us because it's fixing to get nasty. And trying to get our eyes upon Him and our trust in Him and our attention focused upon Him instead of allowing all these other things to distract us as it has been for decades. But as we get closer, God is turning it up and saying, uh-uh, more so than ever, let go. Watch me. Look at my word. I spoke of this. Look at my word. It's in there. That's what I want God to do. I want Him to show me those things that's in there. We may look at it a hundred times. But now it's going to apply to some new things because now some new things are happening. And as they apply to it, we're going to plug them in where they go. Okay, come on, brother. Notice here, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 
holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Those that have lived and died, they did what was their reasonable service. And I'm very thankful that they were willing to do it. Somebody had to do it, and I praise God there was men that were willing to do it. I myself would have been willing to do it. Absolutely. There's a whole bunch of people in this land that wouldn't have been willing to do it and absolutely didn't do it. Run to Canada and everything else, ducked and dodged and tried to jump in holes to get out of the war. And a lot of the wars that we fought have been senseless and worthless anyway with the, with the greed mongers, money mongers that we have running this world and this nation sent us off to war just for money. And that's what wars are about in, in the world we live in today. It's all about capitalism. It's all about money. There's money. Wars, there's money in wars. But if something was to threaten our way of life, and if something was to threaten uh, uh, our, our way of life in Christianity and all that kind of stuff, I believe there's people that, uh, that should have fought harder for that. But they didn't. And now we're suffering in our own country more than we're suffering abroad. Y'all too hot? Man, Sister Quick said yes. You kidding me? What? Oh, my Lord, man. It must be. Wow, man. That's a first. Somebody get that on recording? <clears throat> Amen. See, what, see how the Lord says, this is our reasonable service. Paul said it's our reasonable service. What? To present our bodies as a living sacrifice. The temple. Yes. Present our bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Willing to do whatever God calls us to do, even if it means unto death. Because these bodies are to be a living sacrifice. We present them to the Lord and say, you know what, God? Do with me whatever you want to do. I'm yours. I'm alive and I'm alive for you. My life is for you. Do with me what you want me to do. Do with me what you want to do with me. I'm a living vessel unto you, Lord. You want to kill me, throw me in the ditch. Kill me, throw me in the ditch. Lord, you want to hang me on a tree, hang me on a tree. My life and my body and this vessel is yours to do with whatever you want to do. I'm yours. Unreservedly. That's what this means. That's what the Scripture means. And that, God says, is our reasonable service. It's reasonable. Why? Because he presented his body a living sacrifice for us. I'd say that's that's pretty good. Okay, brother. My goodness. I had no idea this could go this long, but we ain't through page one. It's five pages. For our conversation, here we go, it's what we were talking about a while ago, which means what? Citizenship, our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I ain't looking for America to save me. I'm not looking for a president to save me. I'm not looking for Congress or Senate to save me. I'm not looking for any kind of vote to save me. Amen. I voted. What I voted for was Jesus. I'm voting for Jesus to save me because He's the only one can. And He said, our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. This is the reason we don't look to mankind or anything that this world has become. 
How many of you have seen this world go down the tube since we were children? I know Brother Quick and I, we're the same age. I know Sister Sharon and I. Man, listen, and my wife, even longer than me, I'm going to tell you, this place has gone to a cesspool. Boom! I mean, it's it's gone. Things going on right now, man, they would have killed you for that stuff when we were kids. Dear God, in these... Punks burning these cities down. Oh, man, they never would have got out of jail. If they even made it, they'd have killed them in the street. Going and knocking people's windows out, stealing all their stuff in there. My dear God, they'd have never found half them people. Especially in Louisiana. Man, them alligators have been felt, Jack. I'm talking about. But them alligators would be up on your front porch barking like a dog, sitting up like this, man. You got any more of that? Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's right you ain't got to worry about him doing that no more yeah and here's your stuff I got your stuff back from me so on my porch I'll bring it over first thing in the morning man I hate to hear you lost your son I try to make another more look just like him a better one this time because I'm going to beat his brains out right in, right in the still in his diapers I'm going to beat his brain clean out That's right. Now, boy, it's a crazy world we live in today. I praise God my citizenship's in heaven. We just can't get that. We just, we have a hard time understanding that, really grabbing a hold of that. We don't have a hard time visualizing ourselves in heaven. What we have a hard time with is not visualizing ourselves here on earth. Because this is all we've ever known. And it's, this is new territory for us. But God said, ye believe because ye have seen when he was talking to Doubt and Thomas. He said, but blessed is he that hath not seen yet believeth. Amen. Listen, we have to truly believe to the, to the point where we do something about it that this is not my home. What you do with it is your business. Burn it down. I don't care. Just stay away from my house. Cause I'm not going to let you burn me down with my, with my wife. I'm not going to let you destroy my animals in my house without a fight. But if you keep it out of here, keep it away from me, keep it away from my people, I don't care what you do. That's y'all business. I'm not from this dump. The place I was born in wasn't like this. The place I was born in had a proud flag that waved over over and under the under God symbol. Amen. The flag the flag that uh, I was that I stood under had a listen, let me tell you something. God had a flag too, it's called a standard. And they lifted up the standard. Amen. Lifted up a standard against him. That standard, what does it mean to lift up a standard against him? That's what the flag was created for. It was the American standard. Praise God. It was the standard by which we stood, by which we walked and talked and acted. It was a doctrine of principles, godly principles that we stood on. It meant something back in that day. It's not just a rag on a pole. Praise God. It meant something. Praise the Lord. And it stood for something. God's people always had a standard. I'm still proud of that flag. I'm proud of that flag because I remember what it was, not what it is today. I'm proud of what it is. And I'm ashamed 
at what this country has allowed that flag to be now. Burning the flag in our own country. Men marrying men, women marrying women, and being allowed to raise children in that filthy, wretched mess. And forcing it in the faces of people. Disgusting. It makes me sick. All that kind of stuff. That didn't have nothing to do with that flag, folks. That stuff wasn't allowed under that flag. That's right. You better believe it. It ain't the liberal teachers and people's parents' fault. Well, you know what? Well, let me tell you something, brother. I don't see nobody in the government we need to be loving on. There ain't nobody in this government worth, worth the respect. Well, you know, I, I agree with, with part of that what you're saying there because... Yes, it has been a whole lot of stuff being allowed to be taught in our schools. But I'm going to tell you, there ain't nobody in, there ain't nobody in, uh, in government done anything to, to, to uh, contradict it. Everybody's sold out. What are they sold out to? That almighty dollar. That's what it all boils down to. All boils down to money. They're after that money. For we look, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know He's my Savior. This country's not my Savior. Nothing political's my Savior. Money's not my Savior. Jobs are not my Savior. Jesus is my Savior. I sure need Him, don't you? He's a good God. He is truly worthy. Come on, brother.